Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So for the first time in months, we've got a game to preview. The Washington Commanders hosting the Arizona Cardinals. It is 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, which means the phone lines are open. You can be the quarterback, the coach, and the GM of this segment, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. The question of the day, what are your keys to victory for the Commanders here on the Richmond Commander? It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, so one of the things I wanted to bring up here on the Richmond Commander is the fact that this is the first home game of the Josh Harris era, and it is a sellout. And I told you guys earlier this week, we must protect our house. Kind of like the old, old Under Armour commercials. We must protect our house. If the Commanders are going to make it into the postseason... They've got to win these home games. They've got to go 5-3 and three at home, maybe 6-2 at home. They have to take care of business at home. And part of the way that they're going to do that is to have the crowd into it, to have a home field advantage, to have the players get extra juiced up on third downs, to have extra energy on fourth and one, to feel like, hey, we can get this stop, get off the field, and win this damn game. Being at FedEx Field, making noise makes a difference. Believe me, I was a season ticket holder for 15 years, Problem was, I was sitting next to Cowboys and Giants fans week after week. We must protect our house. And to help do this, Josh Harris has basically decided we're going to have this be a welcome home party. Week one will be a welcome home party. For all those commanders, Redskins, football team fans out there who had jerseys hidden away in their closet and didn't want to pay any money to Dan Snyder and maybe even stopped watching the game. Like, I have friends who are diehard fans that were so sick and tired of Dan Snyder, they started just sports gambling on NFL Sunday and watching Red Zone. They didn't watch Commander's games anymore. So, welcome home is for all the fans around the DMV that felt like they weren't listened to. They felt like they weren't heard when Dan Snyder was here. Well, Josh Harris is listening. He's trying his best to enhance the fan experience, and he's throwing a welcome home party in which John Riggins, who used to curse out Dan Snyder and say he's ruined this franchise, will be attending. Champ Bailey, one of my favorite Redskins players of all time, a stud cornerback, who we traded for my second favorite, Clinton Portis. He'll be in the building. And how about this? The most electric season in the last 20 years was absolutely 2012. And the man, the myth, the legend from that season, Robert Griffin III, will return. The commanders announced, welcome back. RG3 will be in the building as a special guest at FedEx Field on Sunday. Let's take a listen to that announcement. what you have on your shelves. Others say it's the memories. The offensive rookie of the year is... RG3 is going to outrace everybody! But for me, it's always been about the people. This brotherhood, this city, 
will always be home. And our house can get a little bit rowdy. To those we haven't seen in a while, to those who never left, welcome home. Wow, I, I got some goosebumps from that. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. Do you think it's a good idea to bring RG3 back? I absolutely do. I mean, if you think about it, he's one of the most recognizable players from the Snyder era. An era that had 28 different starting quarterbacks, and yet he was the one that I think most people would say would have the most had the most success. I think technically on paper, Kirk Cousins had the most wins. Taylor Heineke may have might have had the best winning percentage, but RG3 had the most excitement. And I loved that video, seeing some of the highlights, like 2012 when he was streaking down the sideline against the Vikings, and it's just. It brought back so many great memories, and that's just one year. And I know it kind of ended sour with RG3 here, and it ended sour even worse with Kirk Cousins, with him not getting paid and getting the highest contract ever to go to Minnesota, and now he's had success there, and we're still searching for our quarterback, and maybe we found our man with Sam Howell, but I absolutely think it's a great idea to honor RG3 and the rest of the former Redskins at FedEx Field this Sunday. That's how you get the fan base back and excited and fired up. I even said it. It's like Josh Harris is listening to this show. Josh, are you there? I mean, seriously. I said, bring back all the legends possible. Throw a party for week one. And that's what they're doing. They're throwing a tailgate party. They're going to be, you know, so many Commanders fans there that get there early. And then they tailgate all day long. And then they go into the game. And if they're a little bit hammered and they start seeing big names and faces on the Jumbotron, that's how you get you know, the decibel level to go up and up and up. If I know for a fact if I was at the game and I saw London Fletcher and then Champ Bailey and then all of a sudden it's Joe Gibbs, I'd be losing my freaking mind. And that's what we need. We have to protect home field, something we didn't do in the entire Dan Snyder era. And one way that they do that is bring back the legends, get the fan base energized and excited. He really is. He's just hes enhancing the fan experience. I was saying that word months ago. Oh, he's going to try to enhance the fan experience. And I didn't really know what it looked like. Well, now what we've seen, the $40 million of upgrades, the 10,000 um, fans that came to training camp with the upgrades to the bleachers, all the little things he's doing are truly enhancing the fan experience. So I absolutely love everything that Josh Harris has done since taking over ownership. Now, teams just got to get it done on the field. That's why I will give you my keys to victory for the Washington Commanders. Number one, everybody wants to see the wide receivers, right? We want to know if Terry McLaurin's going to suit up. We want to see Jahan Dotson flash. We want to see Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown get involved. Maybe the tight ends. Everybody wants to see Eric Bieniemy's offense spread the field and throw the ball. And we want to see Sam Howell have success. But key number one for the Commanders, it's run that damn football. That's how you win in the National Football League. They have to run on the ground successfully on first downs and on second downs. Key number one, establish the run early and run often and have Brian Robinson Jr. get a 
100 yards rushing in his first game this season as the starting running back. Key number one for the Commanders, if they're going to take care of business against the Cardinals, they it'd be nice to have a couple drives where boom, 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 you score in three plays. But you have to control possession if you're going to win. You have to grind it out. And how do you do that? You run the ball. You run it on first down successfully for four yards, again on second down, and you set up a bunch of third and shorts, third and manageables for your pretty much rookie quarterback in Sam Howell. So key number one, run the ball for 100 yards with Brian Robinson Jr. Key number two, the defense is going up against an unproven quarterback in Josh Dobbs. Now, he might light it, he might light it up. He really might because – I still don't have that much faith in our secondary, especially with the fact that it looks like Kendall Fuller is going to start on the outside. But what I do have faith in is the defensive line. But I don't want just the defensive line, four guys going after this quarterback that's unproven. Key number two is for the commanders to blitz and get two sacks in the first quarter. Two sacks in the first quarter. That's how you stop drives from the Cardinals. First and 10 becomes second and 15. All of a sudden, they're faced with a third and impossible. You have to get after the quarterback. So many times last year, we had quarterback hits, you know, or we had a late hit on the quarterback, or just, oh, darn, we almost got him. Instead, they converted a long third down. We have to get to the quarterback and bring him down. Two sacks in the first quarter is key number two for the commanders. And then key number three. Grant Polson tweeted this, and I, I believe he's correct. Dax Milne will be out on Sunday, and so there's a chance that former Washington commander turned practice squad player earlier this week. Jamison Crowder gets the start as the punt returner for the commander. So key number three, no special teams disasters. No special teams disasters. We see this every year. You know, uh, in college, I remember back to how did Virginia Tech lose to UVA? Oh, yeah, they had a block punt return for a touchdown, right? How did uh, the Lions defeat Kansas City yesterday? They had an interception return for a touchdown. It, you can't have the back-breaking play. No special teams disasters. No punts blocked. No easy 35-yard field goals missed. No kick returns for the other team return for a touchdown. No special teams disasters, and Washington should be able to easily take care of business against the lousy Arizona Cardinals, who I'm predicting to win just three games. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. It's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Odyssey Richmond is proud to be the home for the Washington Commanders here in RVA. Every game can be heard on the Odyssey app right here at 910 The Fan. If there's a Squirrels game, we can hear it on WRVA. So this Sunday, the Commanders will play on WRVA, 1140 a.m. And if you're a betting man, you can sign up with FanDuel right now and use the promo code AWOD. And the line for Sunday's game is sitting at minus 7 right now. Now, I do think the Commanders can win this game comfortably, but I do think a whole touchdown spread in the first game for your rookie quarterback with Sam Howell, even though he's not technically a rookie because he played one game last year, I kind of think that's tough. Look, I, I do think the Washington Commanders are a lock to win this week, but I just kind of think it might be a struggle. I have a lot more confidence 
in this team defensively than I do offensively. And maybe that'll you know completely flip last year uh, after this week. But this is a team here that last year made it into the top five defensively, was the number one ranked team for third down percentage. Nobody could get past us on third down by the end of the season, even though it didn't start that way. So when you look back at the end of last season, the defense was buzzing. The offense was the biggest issue. So what's the difference between last year's offense and this year's offense? I think, number one, you have to point to Eric Bieniemy, right? New offense coordinator. Number two, you have to point to a new coach. Or I mean, excuse me, a new quarterback in Sam Howell. And then I also, also think we need to look at Brian Robertson Jr. And the fact that he's healthy this season. And he had an entire offseason to not just get himself into great shape, but have a better understanding of the playbook and a better understanding of cutback lanes in the NFL and and, and reading, uh, you know, how to basically find openings and get more than just three yards a carry. And so, look, when, when you look at Brian Robinson Jr. this year, I, I already predicted I think he's going to get 100 yards week one, but he might get 100 yards, and it might just be a combination of 60 on the ground and 40 through the air because they're going to use him as a pass catcher. They're going to use him out of the backfield so much more than they did last season. I even think you're going to see a lot of plays with him and Antonio Gibson lining up together in the backfield along with Sam Howell, so you could just confuse the defense. Anything we've seen from Eric Bieniemy in the preseason so far, I don't know if that's the real system that he's going to run. I think you're going to get a lot more guys going in motion, these jet sweeps, these jet motion plays where guys are trying to get basically a free run off the snap uh, without a defender off on them so that Sam Howell can just dump it off to them. That's the kind of quick passing offensive concepts that they are going to try to run this season. And I'm hoping that it's going to work out well, but in the back of my mind, I think when you think of these quick passing game offense, it's also a lot of times, that's how you quickly go three and out, right? Three incomplete passes, and all of a sudden you're punting and your offense is off the field. And so I just think it's going to be a struggle week one against the Cardinals. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals were able to cover cover the spread because it could be a really low-scoring contest. The over-under is set at 38.5 right now. So basically that's 24-24. I even think that's kind of high. You know, I, I would almost be looking at uh, this game to be 17 points. Actually, 17 and 17 is 38. That's bad math by A1. Come on, producers. You're supposed to catch my bad mouth on that one. Uh, but so, Washington against the Cardinals. Spread is minus 7 right now. And I would stay away from that, but I would absolutely dive into any of the anytime touchdown scorers. So, I think Brian Robinson gets in the end zone. And I think Jahan Dotson is the lock to get in the end zone. Let's place that bet right now at plus 400 uh, on FanDuel, promo code AWOD. Jahan Dotson got into the end zone more than any wide receiver last season. He got into the end zone more than anybody in preseason. And the fact that Terry McLaurin is beat up with that turf toe tells me all I think need to know about the offense. If anybody's going to score, it's going to be JD out of Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Who's the X factor for Washington week one? I think it has to be Logan Thomas because he is most likely going to get the start at tight end. They're going to give him the opportunity to be tight end one. And I love Cole Turner putting pressure on him and wanting to get into the game. But this is the last week for Logan Thomas, basically. If Logan Thomas isn't able to go out there and contribute, you're going to see him get benched for Cole Turner. 
So my X Factor for week one is Logan Thomas. And I always say a quarterback's best friend when they're young is the tight end. He's going to go to him on third down. He's going to go to him uh, across the middle. And you're going to see Logan Thomas kind of use his big body to box people out and just turn around and use his sure hands uh, to make the grab. So I feel a lot of confidence about the defense of side of the ball. Uh, okay, confidence offense. You know, it's just a big question mark with Sam Howell. It's a big question mark with how Eric Bieniemy is going to run his offense. It looked great in preseason. Is it going to look the same week one? Does just Jonathan Gannon of the Arizona Cardinals have an answer for EB? You know, he's playing this really strategically here where he has not officially named his quarterback. They named Kyler Murray as a captain, and we don't know what they're going to look like defensively. They've got a few playmakers there defensively, so maybe they're able to get after the quarterback, and really, Washington's offensive line is our shakiest position group. And so that's why I could just see this offense struggling for Washington, and the defense just gets a bunch of three and outs. They get a, they get a few turnovers and get some short field, and maybe Joey Sly can convert some field goals. But the offensive side of the ball for Washington, I, I think it's going to take a few weeks for us to get going. I think you have to kind of step take a step back and say, look, we looked good in preseason. Well, that was preseason. It wasn't against the ones. Sam Howe's going to struggle. Eric Bieniemy is going to make a few mistakes with his play calling where he overthinks things because this is the first time that he's actually legit calling plays game in and game out for an NFL team. And I've got faith in him, but I think it's going to take a few weeks for this offense to really be buzzing. There's so many different pieces. It's almost an offense with too many weapons. You know, if Brian Robinson's running well, well, then how do we even get Antonio Gibson the ball? Does Chris Rodriguez not even get into the game ever? If Logan Thomas is playing well and making catches, well, then you might not see Cole Turner at all. You might see a lot of John Bates on blocking plays as the tight end. And at wide receiver, there's so many different weapons. I want Terry McLaurin to make the first catch of the game. I want Terry McLaurin to get involved early and often and get him going. But then you're like, well, then when does Jahan Dotson get involved? Well, then how do we throw to the slot? There's just so many weapons for this team offensively that I think it could be to their detriment in the first few weeks of the season here where you have to figure out, hey, who's Sam Howe's best friend? Every quarterback in the NFL has a best friend, a guy that they trust the most. That's why when I watch Hard Docs, Randall Cobb made such an emphasis to say to these young wide receivers, if Aaron Rodgers does not trust you, he will not throw you the ball. And it's the same way around the National Football League. If Sam Howell doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. That's why you saw him throwing a uh, saw him throwing a Deami Brown a lot because he played with him at UNC. He's got to get that trust with Curtis Samuel. You've got to get it going with Jahan Dotson and the tight ends. I think it's going to be a first uh, a few weeks here before this offense really gets going. And this is an offense that only scored set 19 points per game last year. I think they probably are around that number week one. So I'll give you my official prediction later in the show today. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Call AWOD. Give me your keys to victory for the Commanders. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Your home for the Virginia Tech Hokies as they're hosting the Purdue Boilermakers from Blacksburg. Pre-game coverage with Bill Roth begins at 10 a.m. for a 12 
noon kickoff. And joining us right now to go around the ACC here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Mike Barber. What's going on, Mike? Good to talk to you. Happy that we've got some uh, games to talk about and look at. Yeah, absolutely. Before we break down the games, though, Mike, what did you make of Deion Sanders in Colorado knocking off TCU? Yeah, I think that uh, I'm one of the people that probably spent three months saying I'm already sick of Dion and, and let's <laughs> see something on the field, and uh, it's all hype. And and then there they come out and have a win like that uh, against TCU. It's exciting. I mean, it means that what they've got going there is for real, that, you know, the transfers are good fits, that his system that they're running, that everything he's doing, you know, there, there's some – uh, substance behind all that hype. And I, I think that makes college football better. I, I think if it's all hype, um, it fades quick and, and it, it makes college football worse. But a victory like that tells me that maybe they're on to something there in Boulder. Yeah, I mean, everybody around the country is talking about Deion Sanders and Colorado, the 22-ranked uh, team now against Nebraska at home. You know that place is going to be going nuts there for the first uh, home game of the season. And the line is Colorado minus 2.5. What's interesting is I heard a podcast talking about this, and they made a lot of good points, is that everybody in the country is basically picking Colorado now, which means that's when you should zag and go against them. And we're also not talking about how that defense gave up 42 points. You know, the offense looked great, but the defense couldn't get a stop for most of the game. Yeah, I think the the biggest takeaway from that is that they have a top 25 offense. Not necessarily that they're a top 25 team. Uh, And again, you know, you always talk about, hey, teams make the biggest improvement from week one to week two. Will there be some things they're able to tighten up? Certainly TCU has been a beyond capable offense uh, in recent years. Nebraska is a program that has been all over the map and and hasn't kind of been able to get itself back. Uh, It's going to be interesting to follow all year, but I think it was good coming out of the gate to see that there is something there to work with at Colorado. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Mike Barber with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media, RTD underscore Mike Barber, ACC writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Mike, what game are you hitting this weekend? I'll be here for Virginia and James Madison, uh, first home game back from the shooting. I'm certainly very intrigued by Virginia Tech and Purdue. it's going to be it's going to be a good weekend here, um, but I thought you know with everything that's happened at Virginia, their first home game back playing against an in-state school at James Madison. That's that's where I'm going to spend my Saturday. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I, I was shocked kind of to see that JMU is favored, but uh, when you take a step back and realize that that program's going in a positive direction, Virginia's kind of going in a negative direction. It makes sense. What's your breakdown of this game? Yeah, it's interesting. Certainly JMU has a a very veteran, experienced offensive line. I think that's where they get the big advantage in this game. Um, You know, I think quarterback play in in both cases is going to be a question mark. Tony Musket was injured for Virginia at the end of the Tennessee game. Uh, Anthony Calandri, his backup, is is a freshman. It's unclear yet if Musket's going to be able to play. Tony Elliott said he'd be a a game-time decision. And then uh, over on the JMU side, you know, they went with a redshirt freshman to start the game. He lasted a half. Uh, before they made the switch at quarterback. And um, Jordan McLeod comes in. His brother, Ray Ray, played at Clemson. And, uh, you know, he's been a few places, South Florida, Arizona. But he's played some big games. 
right? He started against Notre Dame. He started against Oregon. So, um, you know, McLeod, I think it's going to be interesting to see what he can do and if he can kind of seize that job for James Madison. Uh, Virginia defensively against Tennessee, I thought they showed some good things. I just still don't see anything that makes me believe this offense can be functional. Um, I get why JMU's favorite, and and, and they would be my pick uh, in a tight one to win this game. All right, let's go over to Purdue on the road at Blacksburg. Lane Stadium's going to be rocking uh, for Virginia Tech. 1-0 on the season, got the win against ODU. But Purdue's going to be hungry. I want to predict Virginia Tech to win, but I think it's going to be a really close game. I have no idea what to make of this. I mean, I struggle with Purdue in general because – I'm picturing Big Ten football, and here comes Purdue uh, in this wide-open air raid-style attack, and I, my brain's having trouble wrapping itself around that. Uh, this is we, I think we've talked about this, but this three-game stretch here for the Hokies, Purdue at home, at Rutgers, at Marshall. If you told me Virginia Tech won all three, I wouldn't be stunned. If you told me they lost all three, I probably wouldn't be stunned. Any combination <laughs> in the middle, it, it's just it's weird. Usually you get a sense of, okay, that's a win, that's a loss, and then there's some toss-ups. And these are three games that I just don't know what to make of them. I would say that playing at home, based on the way that Purdue played a week ago against Fresno, I like the Hokies. Uh, I like where the Hokies are at defensively. I think offensively we saw everything we talked about kind of come true against Old Dominion. Ricky Ronnie said after the game, uh, you know, I asked him about the three transfer receivers, and he said they've transformed that offense. So I think Virginia Tech is – vastly improved, and I think it's the kind of game you need to grab if they're going to be in the hunt for six wins uh, and a bowl appearance. All right, let's go around the ACC here. I'm interested to watch the 12 noon game on ABC with Notre Dame traveling to Raleigh to face off against NC State. Brennan Armstrong, the former UVA quarterback, 17-26 for 155 yards in the win against UConn. The offense just didn't really look good uh, with throwing the ball. He looked good running it, two touchdowns, 96 yards. How do you think they'll do against this 2-0 Notre Dame game team? It's going to be interesting. You know, that first game, what Connecticut did was said, we're not going to let Brennan Armstrong throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, what we're going to leave is some underneath stuff and the ability to run the ball. And I think Brennan Armstrong showed some poise and uh, you know his veteran level, his experience, to say, okay, fine, I won't throw for 500. We're, we're going to win this game, though. And uh, It'll be interesting to see what Notre Dame's approach is. My guess is they mix it up a little more. Uh, my guess is, as a team that would consider itself – uh, you know, more than capable of winning this one. They're going to try to take away the run and uh, mix up coverages for Armstrong, try to get after him a little bit. But, you know, I, I don't think there's any question that, you know, NC State has some question marks around Armstrong, right, at the skill positions. Uh, and Notre Dame is certainly a team that's loaded up with skill. Uh, but I still like NC State. I, I like their defense. I particularly like their linebacking core. Um, you know, I, I think this has a chance to be a really great ball game. So Clemson going to bounce back most likely against Charleston Southern, but let's go back to that game against Duke. Were were you shocked at the final score? Yeah, I was shocked at the outcome. I was shocked at the final score. Uh, I was shocked at all of it. Um, I thought Clemson, to me, was the class of the ACC and should win that game comfortably. Uh, Credit to Duke, who I think we underappreciate and undervalue. I think they're very good defensively. Um, But the fact that Clemson responded to being pushed with sloppiness and turnovers and mistakes 
Uh, that really is what surprised me. Look, yeah. Duke played a great game. Clemson didn't play a great game. Fine. There were still points there in that third quarter where I thought, okay, Clemson scores here, puts together a, a stop and another drive. They may still win this game by three scores. And instead, Duke wins by three scores. And that has me more than anything questioning, you know, what's the makeup of this Clemson team? They got pushed. They got, you know, proverbial punch in the mouth. And I thought they got sloppy, the turnovers in the red zone, the special teams mistakes. Um, they just didn't show the medal that you associate with a Clemson team. Yeah, no, I mean, Duke deserves a lot of credit. Riley Leonard just looked unbelievable. But but Klubnik just, I, I never had confidence in him throughout the entire game. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm kind of worried that he might not be the guy for Clemson. Yeah, and he and he has to be the guy, right? right because right. that's all the eggs are in that basket. But you're absolutely right, and it is a question mark, right? That was his first uh, regular season start. You know, he got the bowl game start and, and, and wasn't able to win there. But um, and certainly he's young, right? The, the, the jury's out. But Clemson has gone all in on Cade Klubnik being the next in their line of great quarterbacks, uh, and what we saw in the opener was not great. How will this uh, Texas A&M 23-ranked Aggies at Miami, how will that game play out? That's going to be interesting because I think Miami is one of those question mark teams in the ACC. Uh, Florida State has proved it was the real deal. I think NC State is the real deal. I think North Carolina proved it's the real deal. Clemson was the shocker being not as good. Miami is the one that we still don't really know. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that A&M is going to be too much for Miami. I, I still have a lot of questions on, on both sides of the ball. You know, it's, Adam, it's very typical Miami to me. Um, there's a ton of talent. There's a ton of athleticism. There's a ton of speed. And what will they do on Saturdays remains kind of a mystery. Um, maybe this is the year they put it together. Certainly we're seeing uh, Mario Cristobal, I think, build a little bit more in, in the way that Mike Norvell has at Florida State. Uh, but I, I would take A&M in this game. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to lock that bet in. I, I just think, uh, you know, we always say it. You, the U is fraud, and they're not going to be uh, a great team. And everything I've heard about Texas A&M, they might have three or four NFL-type wide receivers uh, for their quarterback to throw to. So I'm going to lock that in as, as my lock of the week, Texas A&M to win and cover the three-and-a-half-point spread. Mike? Great stuff, man. Any other games you wanted to mention that you'll be watching this Saturday? I'm going to have my eyes pretty focused in the Virginia area, but certainly Alabama-Texas is, is going to be um, you know, a game. It, just like we talked about with Miami being back, Texas is one of those programs that we always want them to be back. It's good for college football when they're back. Uh, that's certainly a, a marquee game. that um, I don't know where I go there, probably Alabama, but um, it's one I'd be want to watch. Mike, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yep, that's Mike Barber. Follow him on social media at RTD underscore Mike Barber. I'm at Adam Epstein at AWAD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWAD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, live and local here in Richmond, Virginia, Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. If you miss any of the show, you can rewind on the Odyssey app, download it today for free, and just search 910 The Fan to hear us Monday through Friday. 
from 12 to 3 p.m. We also have a podcast that we post every day. It's the full three hours of the show, plus a best of hour of AWOD radio available for you on your drive home. So we've, we're doing this Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool here at The Fan, and I love how we've got all the different DJs participating, the sales staff. We even got the big boss, the head of all of Odyssey, Virginia, uh, included in this. So we're going to go through that in about 15 minutes. I'll read off everyone's picks here so we can know who's going to win and who's going to lose in the survivor pool for NFL Week 1. Then I'll give you my official prediction coming up in about 15 minutes, but we wanted to switch things up right now. Been doing a, a lot of sports talk on the fan today. You guys know I like to talk Hollywood and entertainment, TVs, movies, podcasts, and more on Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services, TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. All right, so one of the stories that I wanted to get to on Netflix today is I just saw that Disney is in an epic battle with Charter Communications. Disney Plus is actually going to slash its prices from $7.99 to $1.99, this promotion will run through the next 12 days, September 20th, and only last three months. But how about that? You could get Disney Plus right now for $1.99 for the next three months as they are going to release The Little Mermaid live action and Pixar's Elemental. Have either of you guys seen The Little Mermaid? Have any? Do you have any interest in seeing The Little Mermaid? Are you talking about the new one? Yeah, I'm talking about the live action one. Gosh knows, I I haven't. All right, yeah, because I will say I loved the OG Little oh, Mermaid. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, oh, now sure. it, it hit harder for me because my sister's name was Ariel, so yeah. I always felt oh. like you know it was the movie for our family, <laughs> and it was so great. I had no interest in a live action, and everything I've heard was that it was garbage. And now when it comes out on Disney Plus. I'm going to skip right past it. No yeah. interest. I, I I heard good things from my friends, but bad things online. Yeah. I think it's a mixed bag. I never checked it out. I did check out Elemental. Okay, because I'm, uh, I'm actually I'm kind of interested in that. Pixar does really good with their animated movies. They they do, but just not for me recently. Really? Uh, I, it was mm-hmm. not for me. I saw it alone in a theater, room full of kids. Not a laugh. <laughs> not a laugh from a single kid in that theater the whole movie. <laughs> Rough crowd. <laughs> I just am picturing you sitting there surrounded by kids, just unhappy. Oh, I was front row, dead center. <laughs> Head, my neck hurt. I was looking straight up at the movie, and, and the time. crowd was silent for so, Elemental. So you, so you haven't been a fan of Pixar the last few movies. Let me go through a few. So before Elemental is the most recent one, and that's basically what, like all the elements in your body yeah, or so, something? Uh, no, what no, is no, no. it? It's, it's like fire, water, oh. trees, and air. So and they're just trying to steal Avatar's bit. It's, it's more of a Zootopia, <laughs> but where like it's like a racism thing with like the water and fire. People want to date, but it's like, oh, you can't because you're water and oh, you're they're doing the fire. Oh, they're doing a Romeo and Juliet bit. Well, yes, the Montagues. It a, it's a bit of a, it's <laughs> a, bit of a Romeo and Juliet story. It's, All right. a, it's a bit more rom-com. It's a bit more rom than com. What about 2022 when they came out with Lightyear? I'm. Uh, I was more in on Lightyear than than the rest of the world. I thought Lightyear was fun, but it was also basically the animated version of Interstellar. Oh. Did yeah. you feel that way? Yeah, I mean, it, it is. Like <laughs> yeah. it is. It absolutely is. Uh, so worse. Well, now uh, you've, you've but... pretty much sold me. I haven't seen it yet, but 
You should check it out. If, I mean, if go. you were a fan of the, like the Buzz Lightyear character, yeah. it's like it's a new story on him, and and it's it's decent. Turning Red was their other recent one. Out on that one. Yeah, yep. I watched it. Not for me. I, not for me. Not for me. Need... You know what? Because it was for females. <laughs> it was hundred percent. You know, and, and you know, minutes. I've watched plenty of movies that are that are for women and yeah. love them. Yeah. You know, uh, but you know, me and my buddy, we we got a. Three 12 packs of the new Hard Mountain Dew that day. There we go. We downed like oh seven each and we watched the movie. I don't know what oh happened, my. but. Your body turned red. <laughs> you didn't enjoy the movie turning red. No, no, we did not. So before that, they had Luca. I also didn't like didn't that one. Luca. If you go back to 2020, I, I did love Soul. Yes. Yes. That was that, that who was the star of that? Was it film. Jamie Foxx? Was it? Yeah. 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 Oh, it was Jamie Foxx. Yeah, yeah it was Jamie uh, Foxx, David Diggs, who went on to star in um, Hamilton, Hamilton, and, yeah. and a bunch of other things. Yeah, Fantastic. Soul was great. Soul was great. You will yes. you will learn working on this show. Awad is very pro animated oh, movies. Yeah. But if they're bad, um, I can't oh, yeah. be more out. No, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm super in on animation. Yeah. What about Inside Out? Did you get that one? Yeah, that was also not for me. Not for you. Not for me. It was a little too touchy feely. You well, it was just a. You know what? I just thought the plot was terrible. Hmm. It was, I mean, it's all about like inside of your body living sure. a life like they're on the outside. Right. You know what? Osmosis Jones did that better. Oh <laughs> goodness, they did yes, just they rip did. off yeah. of Osmosis. Christopher, Jones. what did you want to bring up on Netflix today? Um, well, we could talk about the Thursday night previews for the new uh, this weekend coming up for what okay. the box office is going to look like. We had The Nun two with three point one million. That's also, a horror movie, right? That's a horror movie. Oh, yeah. It's in the Conjuring universe. Okay. Uh, sequel to The Nun. The Nun character was in The Conjuring 2. And Lorraine uh, Warren, it's yes. A, it's pretty decent. It's looking like it's going to be number one in the box office this weekend. People love horror. It always does well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Uh, what? <laughs> number three. <laughs> came out with 550K. Not great. And they the, didn't even make a million? Nope, and the critics are not liking it. All right, I got to look this but up this is, because this I Thursday I night, loved so. the original. Oh, I love the original. I don't too. even it's, remember when it came out, and I had no idea that they made a second one. I is, like I think the 80s. So, I guess yeah. Wow. So what, the first one? If I, that's so annoying that I google it and the third one comes up. No. I want to know about the original. <laughs> came out in 2002. There you go. Yeah, I remember when the original came out my parents saw it in theaters and were obsessed with it. They wouldn't stop talking about my big <laughs> fat Greek wedding and I'm just thinking, you know, I was in 2002 I was 10 years old and I had no interest in this movie. Right. I thought it was just a bunch of, you know, fat Greeks having a wedding. And then as I got to like my teenage years and high school, I watched it and I was like, this movie's delightful. It's delightful. It just it is. is. So fun it's and so great. And it, it, I love it. You know what? Speaking I, of delightful movies, I, I rewatched this recently. Sleepless in Seattle. Ooh, delightful. Oh my, Now that you guys are working in radio, you have to watch it. A guy falls in love through the radio. Right? Oh. Something that I'm mm-hmm. trying to do every day unsuccessfully. <laughs> Here, <laughs> Josh, anything you wanted to bring up on Netflix? Um, I guess uh, we've got a new American Horror Story season dropping. Okay. Where's um, that? Is that on Hulu? That is a Hulu. That's, ah. a, that's a Hulu. Hulu picked up AH, AHS okay. a while ago. This new season's actually going to have Kim Kardashian. What? In Cara Delevingne in it. Yeah, so we're we're bringing in some some celebrities. I will say I'm, I'm pretty in on Hulu right now because I crushed the bear. Oh, great. You guys need to see that if you haven't. Great stuff. Yeah, right? Did Loved you ever it. work in a kitchen? I sure did for yeah. about eight years. On did you feel there. that when you were watching that show? So hard. Did it bring back like some anxiety? Oh, my goodness. Screaming <laughs> in the walk-in. Right. 
the, you know, grabbing the cigarette as fast as you can outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. 86 this, 86 that. 86, my <laughs> patience, exactly. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun time. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much all I'll be watching this weekend. You know, there's going to be so much NFL, college football. I, I will try to watch another episode of Winning Time on HBO. I still need to finish Hard Knocks. But uh, besides that, it's going to be a big sports weekend for me at the AWOD Theater. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM.